0: My name is Steve Lakin and I pastor First Baptist Church in Andersonville, that's located in East Tennessee. Our average attendance is about 125. If we have 100 here on a Sunday, we think that we're doing very, very well. So let's bow our heads together. We got involved in missions whenever we realized that we had a surplus in our budget. And the church all agreed, there was no opposition to it whatsoever, to take that surplus money that we had and put that toward sending a couple overseas. And ever since that time, we have been sacrificially giving in order to support them. At our church, we have a missions table where people can sell things that they make to raise money for our missionaries overseas. Brownies, I've got some canned goods, and this shuka, it is all the way from Africa. We have people who can't go overseas for whatever reason, but they can make things with their hands. The missions table is one small part of how we raise money for our missionaries. There's so many unreached people groups that have not heard the story of Christ. And so, to me personally, I just feel the urgency that if we're going to do something, we better do it now and, and get out there and go at it and do it. I encourage small churches, just like mine, don't let smallness get in your way. You do what God has told you to do in the Great Commission and then you watch Him open other doors for you and use you in a wonderful way.
1: Missions uh, flows out of the local church and it is the responsibility of every church to be a part of the gospel going around the world I wanted us I want us to have an understanding this morning of uh, the world in which we live and so I wanted to take uh, a quiz this morning as a way of just highlighting uh, where we are as a world and so did this two weeks ago when Byron preached but if you will take out your cell phone this morning and actually if you have uh, those texts that string of texts from Two weeks ago, you can just pick up there with your answers. But if you were not here two weeks ago or you haven't been in youth recently, uh, if you will uh, open up uh, your text message and uh, if you will, I think there are instructions up here, if you will send a message to 37607 and the message you're going to type in is Huntington FBC. I guess it can be all cap, I imagine it could be lower case. Uh, no spaces, just Huntington FBC, and then you're going to receive a text back, and you'll be in the string, and you can take the poll here. So we're going to have a little bit of a quiz. Brother Shane, if you get your phone out, you get ready to go, because this is, uh, there are going to be three questions, and so if this is a quiz, they're about 33 points apiece. Uh, The reality is, if you miss one, you're already in the D range, Uh, but anyhow, what, what, Okay, never mind. Um, are you going to go? There we go, full screen. So hopefully you have at this point, you've opened up your string of text messages from the last time, or you have gotten your message and you can respond, and really what you're gonna, all you're going to type in, we've already got answers coming up. Anyhow, I haven't asked the question yet. Madison Marie, you just stop, uh, overachiever. Um, You're going to type in A, B, C, or D and send that text message, A, B, C, or D. Uh, This is kind of one of those standard quizzes from from school. When in doubt, always, Gary, answer C or B. It's never A or D, okay? If you're just guessing. But uh, I want to start with the question. So how many people are there in the world? And uh, A is 87,805 people in the world. Uh, B is 28.3 million. C is 326.8 million. And D is 7.6 billion. That's with a B. So uh, if you take just a moment to respond to that, we'll kind of see what the audience, this is kind of like who wants to be a millionaire. Uh, This is the audience and um, this is obviously anonymous. I mean, we, we don't have any way of tracking that you're that one person who really thought it was 87,805. We'll talk about that in just a minute. There's no way for us actually to know who that is. Um, and we are not a church that publicly shames people, okay? But um, the uh, <laughs> unless you're Laddie Ledford and then you just spoke up and then we just do that kind of thing just to pick on people we like. I only pick on people I like. So, um, has everybody had an opportunity to respond? The correct answer is D. Madison did get that right, you know, right off the get-go. 7.6 billion people in the world. That is with a B. Now, interestingly enough, A uh, is the population of Angelina County. 87,000. 805 people in Angelina County. But the point the reason I put that number in there is Angelina County is not the world. Okay? This is world population. That was I'm just being funny. If you don't laugh at my jokes, I keep telling them. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. B is also not the right answer. But actually B million people is how many people are in the state of Texas. Uh, But Texas is not the world, is the point to be. It is almost, and there's no reason actually to get outside the state unless you're doing Jesus things. But anyhow, uh, C, 326.8 million people. I don't know if you can guess what this number might be. It's the United States. Uh, but my point being is the United States is not the world. The world is made up, in round numbers, 7.6 billion people. So uh, congratulations if you're part of the 85, you have a possibility of still making an A in the class. Uh, the second question is this. So how many of that 7.6 billion people in the world uh, how many people groups are there in the world? And so this is the question. How many people groups are there in the world? Now, let me define, uh, before you answer, let me, maybe let me define what a people group is. A people group is a distinct group of people that are, have a common language, culture, religion, and history. Um. Common language, culture, religion, history. How many people groups are there in the world? And I'll give you just a moment to respond to that. Um, We'll kind of watch the numbers, kind of. The number of people groups in the world. Of course, if you kind of wait, you can kind of go with the audience on this. And actually, in this case, the audience is right with the 50, at least 52%. So we have about half the class that's already to a D, we know. Uh, There are 11,755 people groups in the world, distinct groups of people uh, that have a common language, culture, history. Um, and, and religion and so um, interestingly enough and I put some other numbers up there B is the number of those people groups of the 11,755 that are unreached people groups with the gospel Hmm. so you can kind of put some numbers together here The unreached people groups in the world, and that is defined as people that less than 2% of that people group uh, are Christians, Um, the reality is is that there are still, in general terms, almost 7 of the 12,000 people groups that are unreached. There are less than 2%, and there is not a movement in that culture that is established that is uh, propagating the gospel so that it is multiplying and more and more people are coming to faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, 7,085 unreached people groups in the world. A is the number of unreached and unengaged people groups in the world. Now, I wanted you to see these numbers because the three thousand one hundred and seventy four are the number of people groups in our world there is no one there who is propagating the gospel in any way at least any significant way Uh, would be countries that are uh, have, have no gospel witness not just unreached but they are unengaged our people group in Africa which let me say this we we skyped with our missionaries in Africa and um, last week when I talked about what we do as missions um, because of social media uh, I crossed some lines last week in naming names and places (laughs) and so we had to we could not post that sermon or that presentation online and I apologize for that. So, there are things that if you'd like to speak to me privately, you can do that. But there are certain names and places that we don't need to mention publicly for the safety of those believers in our people group. And so, uh, but the reality is, is our people group eight years ago was a part of B, the 7,000, but now they are engaged. There are still uh, less than, I'm sorry, they were a part of A unreached and unengaged, but because we as a church have taken, uh, we have adopted that people group, then they are a part of, B, they are still unreached, less than 2% Christian, but they are at least engaged, if that makes any sense. (laughs) So you might be sitting there this morning going, so what is D, preacher? 47,544. The number of Southern Baptist churches in the United States. Hmm. I don't know. I put that up there uh, because what I realize is there are seven thousand that are unreached. Just we as Southern Baptists, do you understand? Possess the resources and the ability. To take the gospel to, in the modern culture in which we live, we have the ability, to just that's not even the broader family of evangelicals. That's just, that's just not, that's not even all Baptist, that's just Southern Baptist. 47,544 Southern Baptist churches. I look at that number and I say, wait a second. We have the ability to take the gospel to every unreached people group in the world. And I look at at our church, Huntington First Baptist Church, and I look at the church from the video in Hendersonville, what is it? Andersonville, Tennessee. A church that runs about 100. And I'm thinking, wait a second, if they can do it, there have to be 7,000 Southern Baptist churches like that are larger, and some of the larger churches could take multiple people groups. Now, our people group is about, I don't know, 270,000, 245,000, depends on what what statistics you look at. Ours is a relatively small people group in Africa. Some of those larger, uh, those people groups are several million, honestly and it's going to take more than one church, but I'm struck by that number and I wanted you to see that this morning. Third question is how many full-time Southern Baptist missionaries are serving overseas? How many Southern Baptist missionaries do we have serving overseas? A would be 1,238, B would be 3,667, C would be 5,262, and D would be 15 million. I'll give you just a moment to respond to that. Just some numbers. I don't really have a point. I'm just asking some questions, taking a poll this morning, not really here to make a point or anything just here to kind of us to understand where we are and what the condition of our world is spiritually. How many Southern Baptist missionaries do we have serving overseas? Actually, we used to have more. And um, in the last several years, that has been trimmed to be more financially viable for the years to come. Well, most of y'all have failed the class. But anyhow, it's not the point. Um, the correct answer is B. 3,667. Yeah, those numbers are about to increase. No, people can start sending it. Byron, stop it, Byron, stop it. You've already voted. Just one vote per for church per church member, please. Uh, we have 3,667 full-time missionaries serving overseas. Just us as Southern Baptists. Hmm. I, I don't know what that number says to you. I'm kind of struck at how small it is. I'm thinking, wait a second, 7.6 billion people, and four billion people in the world are part of that unreached those unreached people groups. I'm thinking, you've got four billion people, and you've got 367 full-time career missionaries? It seems like a small number to me, and it strikes me as, wait a second, those 3,667 3, aren't going to be able to get the job done, which actually is the reason we're called by the IMB as a church to go to a people group that our missionaries cannot go to they, they, there's just there's too many people groups. There's too large of an area. They just they can't. And so part of it is churches like ours coming alongside the IMB missionaries to go to places and to adopt people groups uh, that they, quite honestly, don't have time to spend uh, on. Huh. The numbers aren't just random up there. <laughs> Do you know what A is? 1,238, the membership of Huntington First Baptist Church. We have 1,238 members of our church. All of a sudden, I'm kind of struck by how large that number is and what we could do with 1,238 people who were on mission to take the gospel around the world. I was just thinking about the day of Pentecost. There were 120, and Jesus did pretty well with that. That was Daryl Smith humor. That's fine. You don't have to laugh. Oh, I see 5,262. For whatever it's worth, it's the number of North American missionaries that we have as Southern Baptist. So we have 3,667 that serve overseas. We have 5,262 that serve North America, primarily the United States because quite honestly the world has come to the United States. I don't, I don't know what you do with that number. I don't know. I'm a little embarrassed by the number quite honestly that we would have more people serving in the areas where we have churches than where we don't have churches. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't know. Fifteen million? If you're that one person that answered fifteen million, you're gonna have to take the class over, let's just be honest. Fifteen million? Do you know what that number is? The number of Southern Baptist in all of our churches in the United States. Fifteen million. missions the pop quiz is over let's go to the lecture time now for just the few moments that we have left missions flows out of the local church our missions emphasis this year the slogan is every church every nation Last Sunday we focused on the phrase "Every nation." This Sunday, I want to talk about, for just a few moments, every church. I've directed our attention this Christmas season in which we focus upon international missions on John chapter 1 verse 14. It's a, it's a Christmas, it's part of the Christmas story, at least for John, but for me and the, really the implications of it also, is about international missions John 1 14 says and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth but that phrase and the word became flesh the story of Christmas and the call to missions run parallel to say that God sent the Savior sends a message that in turn when we experience and we believe in the son that we are then sent on the same kind of mission that the Savior was sent on when he came from heaven to earth. It's actually this it's the one word flesh I started just thinking of the implications of that one word, and the word became flesh. Last Sunday, I take an implication that it it, it denotes the target audience that God was looking towards in his redemptive mission. What is it? It's people. It's flesh. It's human beings. And it doesn't matter what color of their skin or the language they speak or their culture, their history, or where in the world they live. They are all of of, of value to the Father because the Savior came in flesh because that was his target audience to become human because that's who he was reaching. But that was last Sunday's sermon. Every nation that the gospel must go into all the world it's for everyone. In fact, Jesus said the end would not come until all the people groups of the world, the ethnos, that the gospel of the kingdom would go to, into all the world and then the end would come. There's another implication in the word flesh. And to me, it speaks to the extent to which the Father went so that his redemptive message might go into all those humans. Think with me the extent that God went to to send the Savior. The Savior became flesh. He not only came to earth, but he became like us. That's what I want you to get. That word flesh, the implications of that is the Savior came to us, but he also became like us. The Word became flesh. For Jesus to do that, he had to take a journey because he lived in heaven. He resided in heaven. He ruled in heaven. Let's just say that. Mm. No, it's his house. He left his house and he came to earth. So to say that the the word became flesh is to note that he took the sacrificial step of coming to us, but flesh also implies that he became like us. It's not just that Jesus came in his glorified state and came and exhibited his glory. No, he clothed himself in humanity. We'll talk more about it next Sunday. He became like us. He came to us, but he became like us. That is what I described last Sunday as the model of the greatest missionary of all time because he made the greatest sacrifice in the distance he traveled and the sacrifice that he made as the God of the universe who clothed himself in humanity, Jesus became like us. The scripture says this in several places, but... In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17, Hebrews 2, 17, it says, Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Jesus, in order to fulfill the redemptive mission of the Father, had to become like us. In Ephesians 2.7, Paul says, But he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Jesus came to us, but he also became like us as the greatest missionary of all time. It reminds us of the truth that our God is a sending God. Our God is a sending God. He sent the Savior. In fact, 44 times in the Gospels, Jesus is described as the one who is sent. The one who is sent. 44 times he was sent. He was sent. He was sent. Our God is a sending God. And so Jesus modeled for us, but here's the point of application, Huntington First Baptist Church, that as he was sent by the Father, he says, now I send you. John 20, 21, Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, so, the old King James, so send I you. <laughs> I don't know what to, let's see. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. As the Father sent me, so send I you. Do you get it? Our God is a sending God. And when we experience the Savior and the message of the gospel and heaven pours into our hearts, then God sends us. Now, Now, theologically, Christian, We got to deal with this. I don't know. You can look at this verse. I can look at this verse and say, well, wait a second. No, it says, well, it doesn't say to them, but sometimes it'll say Jesus said to the disciples or said to them. I don't know. Maybe we, we get a little wiggly and we wiggle out from this theological truth by saying, well, that's what Jesus said to those first disciples of his. I don't know. Maybe you can go to the Great Commission in Matthew 28 19 and 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And you go, yeah, Jesus spoke that to the early disciples. I I, I don't know how you sustain that theologically, Christians, 2,000 years later, to say, oh, that applied to them, but does not apply to me or to us. I, I don't know. It would be convenient to wiggle out of that. I just don't know how. Because it seems that if you were a follower of Jesus Christ, you are called, you are sent. God is a sending God, and as he sent the Savior, so he sends us. As the pastor of Huntington First Baptist Church, I have the responsibility for us as a church to be a sending church. Otherwise, we are not doing what God has called us to do. It is my responsibility as the pastor to make sure we as a church take seriously and we are obedient to the call to send. There have to be missionaries that come from churches like ours. I can't say, well, that's for the big churches. I was raised in a large church, Jennifer there were five of us in my school grade that were all called to ministry. Now, not everybody's worked out, but anyhow, there were five when we graduated high school. But that's not a large church thing. That has to be in every church thing. The missionaries have to come from our churches. But even in a bigger sense than that, we are responsible as a church to be a sending church. It must be a part of our philosophy, perspective, and strategy as a church. Otherwise, we become inwardly focused as a church and it becomes about us and it's not about us. It's about the kingdom and the gospel and until the gospel gets to all the people groups of the earth, Jesus said, I'm not coming. You can quote me on that one. We possess as Southern Baptists the resources and in our modern age the ability to take the gospel to every part of the world. We can get the job done, but we're not. We can pat ourselves on the back as Huntington First Baptist Church and say, oh, we're a sending church. It's real uncomfortable for me to pat myself on the back, though. I don't know if you found that out about life or not and particularly when it comes to things of a spiritual nature if we're not careful we will instead of being outwardly focused we will be inwardly focused we have a responsibility to be like Jesus and to flesh out the gospel as Jesus became flesh so when heaven comes and invades our hearts and we are saved and we are changed it is our responsibility to share the gospel and the glory of heaven with as many people as possible. As Jesus sacrificed, so we are to sacrifice. As Jesus became hands and feet and the mouth of God, so we are to become the hands and the feet and the mouth of Jesus. Our hands are to serve, our feet are to go, and our mouths are to speak it is a part of what we have been commissioned to do, to go. We have a responsibility as a church to be a sending church. Um, Let me say a couple things. Part of that is Africa and what God has done. Let me say this. There is a relatively small group of us that actually go on trips to Africa. and Part of that is just the nature of our travel and one vehicle, and some of it may relate to sleeping in huts and maybe bugs that ca- crawl around in the middle of the night. Wait a second. No, this is, no, this is supposed to be a sales pitch, not a discouragement pitch. There, there are no bugs in Africa. They've actually sprayed the United States, sprayed the whole country, continent, and there are actually no bugs or snakes or anything like that. Anyhow, I'm, that was not in my notes. I'm sorry. Um, let me say this, that even though there's a small group that can go, we, nor- we need more people to go in our Africa team. And Sometimes we don't say that. But it's possible in the midst of what we talk about in international missions that God does something in your heart and God says, you need to go. Now the reality is not all of us can go. Not to Africa but some of us have to go, and I would say that there needs to be a larger pool of people that go. And that may be something that God lays on your heart. And it may take a year, it may take two years for you to be able to go. Uh, if in obedience to Christ, if He's beginning to call you to that, hmm, get a passport. I don't know what it costs, about $100 or so. It takes a little bit of paperwork. Go ahead and get your passport because that takes a little bit of time. And be open to see what God would do. Here's the other thing, though, secondly, for us as a church. Because if we're going to be a sending church, we have to provide opportunities for people to be able to go. And if, if, if Africa is relatively limited in the pool of the size of the number of people that can go, what we realize as a staff, and I'm relating... Perspective and philosophy for us as a church as a whole. There have to be more opportunities for us to go. We believe That God is calling us to also take the gospel in missions activity to somewhere in the United States And we're praying about that. We're researching that. We're looking into that. We don't know what that is We've set aside. You've just approved the budget last Sunday thousand dollars 2019 it's not a lot of money Um. But to say, God, where would you send us? Because the reality is, is God has sent the world to the United States. We are told that Houston, Texas is the most ethnically diverse city in the United States. That's what I'm told. The world has come to Houston, Texas. We're two hours away. We have an opportunity to impact the world by driving two hours You can do a lot of gas money for $1,000. Would you pray with us about where God would lead us to impact our world within the United States? And we believe there will be a greater pool of people who will have opportunities to be able to go and to impact the nations right here in the United States. You don't have to have a passport. Just make sure you have a driver's license, okay? Sort of a joke, but... The point is that all of us have been called by God if we are a Christian to take the gospel into all the world. Charles Haddon Spurgeon said every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. He said that over a hundred years ago. I'm just going to kind of Peyton, I want to just kind of leave that there. (laughs) Every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. Because the truth is, if we are a Christian, then we have been sent on mission, wherever that may be, whatever that may look like, to take the gospel, yes, locally, but also around the world. Every church every nation and it's easy maybe this morning for us as a church to go yes it is our responsibility to take the gospel into all the world it gets a little more personal when we get down to the individual level and say what about me one of the 1238 members of Huntington first Baptist Church what does God call me to do? How will I respond to the call? How will my hands serve? How will my feet go? How will my mouth speak that the gospel might go into all the world? And you see, all of a sudden, every church becomes every member. Fifteen million of us, as Southern Baptists, we possess the ability with God's strength to take the gospel to all the peoples of the world. Just us. But it comes down to us individually saying, God, do in my life whatever it is that you need to do. This week, pray. All of us can pray. It's the one thing the missionaries say, would you do? Make sure your people pray. All of us can give. We'll, we'll do our world mission offering so that God has the resources to send out our career missionaries. And all of us go. We go somewhere. And as God calls us, we ought to go everywhere with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I would ask you that you would sincerely pray, God, how is it that I will be your hands, your feet, and your mouth? How will I flesh out the gospel just as Jesus did? Would you stand with me this morning? Father, today we pray that you would do a work in our hearts Father, it would not only be a work of our hearts, but there would be practical obedience to that. And so we pray that you would speak to us, and that, Father, in your power, you would send us. Father, give us a vision of our world that is the way that you see our world. So, Father, we commit this time to you. We pray it in Jesus' name.
0: To the beginning. Can't control what tomorrow will bring, but I know here in the middle is a place where you're promised to be.